Today we are in Ephesians chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to get your Bibles out. So there's four components that I am going to bring out today in Ephesians uh, chapter 3. So the first one, tell your neighbor the assignment. Tell your neighbor God's plan. Tell your neighbor the church. Amen. And then tell your neighbor spiritual growth. Yes. Amen. So let's read together. Uh, And uh, by the way, I'm reading in the NLT. When I think of all of this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to the Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasure available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan of God, the creator of all things that had been kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's grace. So please don't lose heart because of my trials. Here I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. We thank the Lord for the reading of his word. So here we see that Paul, he was under house arrest, and he was going to be under a house arrest for about four or five years. So he was um, uh, on house arrest in Rome on behalf of the Gentiles, but this was a sovereign hand that was on him, the sovereign hand of God. Say that, the sovereign hand of God. The Holy Spirit had released a grace, say grace, and a level of anointing, say that, to Paul to fulfill his assignment. I often think the Holy Spirit was reminding me way back in the day. I was in my early 30s. Believe it or not, I was in my 30s. 
And even though I got the gray hair now, there was one time I was actually in my 30s. But I remember I was in a church, and I was a single mom, and I had five children. And I remember I knelt down at the pew of that church, and it was like I was drawing the sand, a line in the sand. And I said, Holy Spirit, I said, I'm all by myself. My husband had just, after beating me, beating the children, going through so much at that particular time and season in my life, I'm writing a book, and you'll be able to read all about it. Yes, it's going to help a lot, a lot of women, especially single women, or even, you know, women that have been abused and hurt. But I remember we were in the kitchen, and he looked at me, and he said, I don't want a Christian wife. We're done. Mm-mm, we're done. After, you know, X amount of years. And he said, if you do not renounce your God and come to the bars and smoke weed and do all these things that I do, he says, then if that's not going to work for you, because that's the kind of wife that I want, then I'm going to leave you. Now, at that time, I had twins that were 13 months old. Uh, I had a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and Pastor Mike was eight. And I remember looking at him, and all of a sudden, in my mind, I said, God, I said, I will never, mm -mm, I'll never renounce you. And in my mind, I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to take care of all of my children, how I'm going to make it. But I said, God, one thing I do know, that you are my Savior. I belong to you, and I know that we are going to be okay. So I told my husband at that time, I will never, ever, not for you, not for anyone else, I will never renounce my God. He saved me. I remember when I was in the muck and the mire, when I was dead in my sin, and he came running and chasing after me, and he found me in all of my sin, and he baptized me in his spirit. I will never renounce my God. He went, and he packed his things, and he left. And at that time, I had to get on welfare. My children had nothing. There was no rent. There was no money for electricity, water bill, gas in my car, no food. We had to eat out of pantries for at least three months until the food stamps came in. But, oh, I said, kids, this food tastes so good. It tastes so good, and we're going to be so thankful and grateful. It may not be what we want it to be, but let me tell you, we've got to be grateful and thankful for the little things. And then all of a sudden, the food stamps started coming in, and we were so happy. I went and bought Sarah a T-bone steak because that's what she said she wanted, and she got it too. I remember they gave me so many. I, I went to the, to the little desk. I'll never forget, I said, forget this. I said, did you guys make a mistake? 
because there's so many food stamps here. I, I don't know. Maybe, you, you know, my heart was just like, I don't want to take nothing. I don't want to have, you know, do anything wrong. And she says, honey, that's for the back, all the back that, you know, the back, uh, the back pay whatever you call it. And I said, oh, okay, now I can proceed forward and get the food that I really want. <laughs> but I remember those days. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me in this word, Ephesians 3, that it's about the assignment. It's about the mission. It's about the anointing and the calling that you have on your life. And just like Paul, you may have to go down a Via Dolorosa, the road of suffering, the road of tests and trials. The enemy may hit you with all he God because he wants to know are you going to be standing when he's coming at you from every angle or are you going to quit and bellyache and grumble and complain why God why is this happening to me why isn't it happening to you because of the anointing the enemy sees that in your life and I think of Pastor Mike, I'm going to use his, him as an example. 15 years old, locked himself in his room after reading the Bible all the way through. And he said, God, if you're real, I want you to show me. And all of a sudden, there was a mighty wind that filled his bedroom. And he began to speak in tongues. And I knew that that was the beginning of great and mighty things that he was going to fulfill so many assignments in his life and he is now an apostle I remember when I was in the bedroom as he began to get more closer to his 20s and I remember praying in the spirit and I seen Pastor Julie in the spirit. And at that time, the Holy Spirit, I had never met her. She wasn't even in the equation, but she had this long curly hair. Right now it's straight, but she, when she, you know, it's natural curly. And I remember going to Pastor Mike and I said, God has planned for you to marry young. And I, I remember laying my hands on him when he had a fever. And he was now, you know, almost to his 20s. And I said, God said, I am calling your son to be a pastor. And then all of a sudden, you know, through the series of events, he met Pastor Julie and they got married. And God showed me that there was going to be a lot of dark alleys. Matter of fact, looks like the New York Brooklyn alleys today, okay? And that they were going to be walking in these dark alleys where the thieves, the robbers, you know, the backbiters, the ones that uh, talk about you and slander your name they're gonna do a work and it's gonna be a work that no an apostolic work that nobody wants to do but let me tell you they started out as youth pastors and they they went to the trailer parks when nobody wanted to go to pick up those children from the trailer parks and they gave their life to minister and pour out to those children in the trailer park when nobody knew their name and God kept taking them higher and higher and higher in their calling and now I look at them today and there were times I know Pastor Mike would hit a wall but because of Pastor Julie she said Mike you're not going to quit you're not going to throw in the towel you're going to finish your assignment 
And then that's when V1 was birthed. Let me tell you, there is power in a praying wife. Sometimes we don't have to always nag or be the teacher of the Holy Spirit. We go in our prayer closet, and then when the Holy Spirit gives us a word to say to our husbands, then we release it. We have to learn when to speak and when to be quiet and just serve, just serve. I'm a preacher woman, but I don't always have to preach to my husband. He he has a Holy Spirit locked up in his belly, and the Holy Spirit will do it all by himself. Is that not right, Pastor Dean? My position is to serve and love my husband. Amen. And so V1 Church was birthed. Why? Because Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie, they knew their assignment and their mission. And so quitting up, quitting and throwing in the towel, that was a non-negotiable because they knew that it was not about them. Listen, you have an anointing. You have a calling on your life. And it's not about you. And you may walk that Via Della Rosa. Don't say, no, God, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? I want you to start saying thank you, just like Paul, that I get to suffer for your glory. Because after, after the suffering, oh, baby, you're going to see the glory. So we got to suffer well. Get out of here with that toddler grumbling, complaining. Well, you can't teach me. Oh, yes, we can. And we want to help you. But you got to have a teachable and a correctable spirit. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Come on. These are my lead pastors. And I submit to their authority. Even though I'm a nana. Even though I'm older. Those are my pastors, and I give them double honor, and I, I, I respect them. And, and so God sent me to the Spanish church. Dios te bendiga, hermano. Come on, cuantos saben que Dios está aquí. Amen. So I, God sent me to the Spanish church, and my family said, oh, here she goes. She done lost her mind. Uh, your children are going to be so confused because everything had to be translated, Spanish to English. I, I went there, sat in the back. God said, oh, you're not going to be in the back for long. God brought me to the front. So I was a white girl in an all-Spanish church, worship leader. Then the woman came to me in the church, and she said, you're going to start teaching. You have a teacher anointing. I'm like, I don't, who's she talking to? I'm talking to you. Waited on the Lord. Then both my pastors had a dream at different times that I was preaching. Oh, sister, you're going to be preaching. And you know, it was that moment when I had kneeled down in the pew and I said, Holy Spirit, I said, I know that you have anointed me. You have chosen me before I even came out of my mother's womb. 
And I know that you have a calling on my life that I have to fulfill because it's not about me. I recognize my assignment. I recognize my mission. And though I feel all alone and I have no one to take care of me, that's when Jesus said, I'll come and I will help you and I will move on your behalf and I'll move stumbling blocks and hindrances and I'll make a way for you where there seemeth to be no way. I will hold your hand. So that's when he sent me to the Spanish church and he began to use me in such a mighty way. That was my training ground. Come on, you may be here at V1 Church, and this may be your training ground. There's a calling, an anointing on your life. And so I got ordained there. And then when Pastor Mike was in his early 20s, Pastor Mike and I, we got ordained together. How awesome is that? But I want to say the icing on the cake was when my son, as an apostle of the FIFO ministry, locked up inside of his belly, he ordained his mama. Come on, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. What am I doing? I'm leaving a legacy I'm leaving a legacy for my children. Where's Bella? My grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. Come on, because I recognize it's not about me. It's about the calling. It's about the assignment. It's about the mission. What if I would have given up? What if I would have said, God, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. This is too hard. God said, my grace is sufficient. When you are weak, then you are strong in me. What if I would have quit? What would have happened to Pastor Michael Signorelli, Sarah, Samuel, Matthew, and Mallory? What would have happened to them? I remember one night when Pastor Mike was only like 17 years old, I had a dream that this white, huge white plane landed right in front of our driveway. That was V1. That was V1 church. And so God used Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie to plant V1 church and be the lead pastors. So I'm just coming alongside of them saying, put me in, coach, whatever you need. You need me to scrub that toilet? Give me the brush. Give me the Lysol. I got you. I don't have to be seen or heard. What do you need me to do? It's about the humility sacrificing your life and saying, God, empty my belly out. Cause me to hunger and thirst for more of you. There's a lost and dying world out there. They need us. So the Holy Spirit, he gave me Matthew 28, 18 through 20. On my knees in my early 30s. And he said, you're coming to the end of yourself now. That level of maturity when you realize that it's not about you. 
And then the Holy Spirit gave me that scripture. Jesus told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And then I love this. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I recognize that I wasn't alone anymore. That my life and my children's life were in the very hand of God. And that I was going to move forward. And I remember going in the welfare line, and I said, God, you're, you're bigger than this. This isn't my final destination. You are bigger than this. I remember wiping my table, and God said, I want you to start thinking bigger. And I had to fight. I had to fight family. Some of them, they just didn't understand where God was taking me. And I had to fight people. I had to fight through shame and ridicule and guilt and everything. I had to fight every demon because he was trying to, these demons were trying to come after my anointing. In every church, they didn't understand me. They didn't understand the deliverance anointing, the prophetic anointing that was on my life. So I had to fight through that. I had to learn to submit, keep my mouth shut, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. And so here in V1, Pastor Mike looked at me and he said, Mom, no lid. No lid. No lid. I had to fight my way to get to where I am today. I couldn't afford to give up. I allowed the Holy Spirit to go in those deeper roots in me. And when you walk the Via Della Rosa and you have the sovereign hand of God on your life, it means he calls the shots. You no longer call them. You have to give up your will and surrender it completely to his. I like what Daniel says. He does as he pleases. So if God said you're going to a Spanish church and you're going to preach and teach, be the worship leader, you're going to do it all. You're going to be the piano player. You're going to learn so much. He does as he pleases, and it's good. God tells you to move to the right, you go to the right. He tells you to move to the left, you go to the left. If he tells you to stand still, baby, you stand still and you wait on God. No one can stop him or say to him, what do you mean by doing these things? Psalms 118 and 23 says, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in his eyes. So just when you think that God doesn't have a plan, he will make it plain to you by his spirit. For eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard all those things that God has prepared for those that love him. That's why I say, 
You got to get in the spirit, baby. You got to get in the spirit. And that is when the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the deep things of God, the plans that he has for you. This five-minute stuff. Mm-mm. I'm talking to the ones that recognize, that are mature. I'm coming for you today, that you know that it's about your assignment. It's about your mission. And you're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper in the things of God. Come on, God's calling you to be a worshiper. He's calling you to go deep in his word. I would love for you to start reading your Bible as if you were preaching a sermon. Oh, you would be studying then. Oh, yes, you would. It's not so easy to get behind this pulpit. There's, it's a level. It's a level that you have to work at. It's a level that God causes you to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. It doesn't just happen overnight. When I look at Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie, they had to pass many tests to get to where they're at today. Nobody knows the story in their humble years. Nobody knows. I do. I'm the mom, and I can say it. And you can't say nothing about it because I'm the mom, and I've seen it, and I was there. Humble beginnings, going without, constantly working in the church day and night, day and night with no pay. No pay. Trusting, depending on the Lord. Because they recognize it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the anointing. It's about the calling. It's about the assignment and the mission. I got to keep going on. Got to keep moving, moving. Trusting God. Trusting God. Who? So Paul, he had been given this mysterious revelation. Because Paul recognized I got to go deep. Paul was a praying man. Listen, I'm putting in a demand on your anointing to go deep in prayer. Because there is a lost, dying world out there that needs your anointing. You say, well, I didn't, I didn't hear from the Holy Spirit to talk to this person. Baby, you don't have to hear from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you just open up your mouth wide and he will fill it. Come on, open up your mouth wide. Let him fill it and he will. You start talking and then all of a sudden you'll feel the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Tell them this. Tell them that. Come on, we got to just start opening up our mouth wide. And so we see Paul was sent. He was sent to the Gentiles. And he said, look, now the Gentiles, they can know Jesus as their Savior, just like the Jews. And now we can be one with Jesus Christ. But here's the problem. We have so much religion out here in the world 4,000 religions I looked it up faith groups, denominations there's a lot of false religion, false gods so we have Christianity Islamism Buddhaism Hinduism Catholicismism 
Then we have Jehovah Witness ism, occult ism, Wiccan ism, anything with the ISM. Oh, but sister, we serve the same God. Oh, we're all a family. We believe in God. Yes, we do. Get out of here with that junk. We don't all believe in the same God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the only way you can get to the Father is through the Holy Spirit bringing you to Jesus Christ. It's always been about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus. And we're tearing down the kingdom of false religion and false gods. Are you going to be like Paul? Accept your assignment. Accept it. Accept it. I'm going to go out and I'm going to preach to the Gentiles. The ones that say, yeah, we serve the same God. You're going to say, get out of here with that junk. We don't serve the same God. The devil is a lie. And then you're going to present the gospel. What is the gospel? We find in Luke 4, 18, that Jesus came. He was anointed to bring healing, deliverance, freedom, salvation, everything that we need today. So we've got to understand this word. That's why we have connect groups. We are known for discipleship at V1 Church. We can help you. So Paul says, we can come boldly. We can come boldly. We can come boldly to the throne of God. And in God's love, we are complete. We lack nothing. We have all the fullness of God in us. Listen, God don't come in pieces. We do. So all the fullness of God is in you right now. And he does not come in pieces. Our roots will grow into God's love. And he will keep you strong. That's why I tell so many people, Complete growth track. Come on, covenant. Become a member of this house. Come on, let's get under authority. You want to be under, you want to be in authority? Baby, get under authority. What would it look like if I came to V1? Well, you know, I'm a pastor and uh, I, let me just take that front row. Get out of here with that. Let me take the back row. I said, God, I don't want nobody to hear me. I don't want no one to see me, God. I'm here just to serve in any way that I can. But the anointing will make room for you. And when you are anointed, and appointed, God will make room for you. He will cause you to go from the back to the front because of your humility, because you went through the growth track. I bet Paul said, hey, sign me up for growth track. I got, sign me up. Sign me up for the dream team. I'll make it at six in the morning. Whatever time you need me, whatever you need me to do, let me serve the house. I'll go on the dream team. I'll be the best server ever. And then I bet, I bet Paul said, hey, put me in, put me in coach. I'll go to the connect groups. Let me just sit and learn and grow. 
Come on, I'm 63 years old and I'm still not learning. I'm still not, I'm still not. I need to learn and grow even more. Come on, somebody. And then I like this last verse. He talks about God's love, how wide it is, how long it is, how deep it is, how high it is. His love is so wide that it covers our sin. And in every circumstance, he said everything will work out together for his plan. His love is so long that he went to the cross and he looked at you ahead of time on the cross. His love is so deep. His love is so high that now we are seated in heavenly places. So on your worst day, when the enemy has hit you, when the circumstances seem like there's no way out, when there's a mountain in front of you, when the doctor gives you a bad report and you don't know how you're gonna come out of it, God said, come on, come on, son, come on, daughter, come up higher, come on, we're gonna be seated in heavenly places together. So I can go on my father's lap and I know that he's there. Jesus got me. He's got me. He's got you. I'm reminded of the eagle and the chicken. You know, the chicken eats all of this food down here, but the eagle rise high above every storm. Matter of fact, the eagle does not hide from the storm. He actually goes right towards the storm, but on a higher level. Hey! Hey! It's about putting our trust and our faith in God. God, you called me. I understand the assignment. And although the enemy is coming at me on every side, I'm the eagle. I'm going to wait on you. You're going to renew my strength, God. I'm going to mount up with wings as eagles. I'm going to run and not be weary. I'm going to walk and not faint. I'm not quitting. We're not going to let you quit. I came all the way from Long Island. Well, it's probably not that long. But I came all the way from Long Island. I had this word in my belly. I love you. I'm praying for V1. And now because of God taking us to the nations, which he told me back in the day, I said, do little. You know, that's Pastor Mike. I said, do little. I told all my children we're going to the nations. Oh, yes, we are. And now because of our obedience, guess what? I can meet Chrissy in Trinidad. I can meet Minister Peter in England. I can meet Jeremy in Austria. And I can meet Yoma in Ireland. I just had a Zoom with a family from Sicily, Italy and they got wrecked by the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues. Demons started manifesting and coming out. They renounced Catholicism. All false gods, all false religion, because it's not about me. It's about the mission and the assignment. 
I'm a deliverance pastor. So for me to spend two and three hours with a person, that's nothing for me. Matter of fact, I love it. But now, you know, we do mass deliverance every first Wednesday. So if you need deliverance, come on. But it's about the assignment. So everything that I went through my whole life, all the tests, all the training, all the rebuking, the correction, the suffering, that has only brought me to where I am today. And the Holy Ghost said, you're not, you're not going to start even start your ministry in the fullness until your later years. I do four miles a day. Let's do this, coach. I got to stay. I got to stay healthy and strong for you young kids. Hallelujah. You can't outrun me. You are not going to be able to outrun me. Because it's about my assignment. It's about my assignment. It's about my assignment. It's about my assignment. It's about the vision. It's about the calling. Because it's not about you. It's about a lost and dying world that needs Jesus. So let's get over ourselves. Let's go on ahead. Oh, you need to correct me. Oh, thank you, Pastor Julie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you. Oh, I got to get a little rebuke. Oh, thank you. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. It's not about me. Oh, my poopy diapers. Oh, you don't have to change those no more. I recognize it's the assignment. Mm-hmm. It's the assignment. It's the mission. Ooh, I'm going to go from toddler to now maturity. Amen. 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 Yes. So, man, I, that, that's a that's a crowd over there, boy. They are all in. Now, who who now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think or imagine. What you need, what are you going through? What's your problem? What's your situation? God's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can think or imagine. If you're dreaming and it's not big enough for God, then you're dreaming too low. Come on, somebody. Come on, single mom. Where are you at? Come on, he's going to do it exceedingly, abundantly. God is blowing my mind. I had nothing. I used to get furniture from the alley. People were throwing out nothing. I've been married almost 25 years to Dean Anderson. Don't tell me God can't do it. I'm an ex-motorcycle rider. I rode the big bikes. <laughs> I did. I really did. 
Come on, we had a five bedroom, three bath. We built that home. Two and a half car garage, acre of land. And God said, after we rebuilt it, I had my dream kitchen, everything. Oh, we're good now. God said, no, you're not good because I'm going to ask you to put that on the altar. I said, oh, no problem. What do you want me to do, God? Oh, you're going to move to Long Island and you're going to preach. You're going to teach. You're going to help your son. Done. All right, Dean, we're going to put it up for sale. And he, he got the memo. He got the assignment. He got the mission. And now we're in this little condo. But let me tell you, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, that little condo is a Yes! Because I understood the mission. I understood the assignment. Bedroom, brand new kitchen. That ain't got nothing on Jesus. That ain't got nothing on the Holy Ghost. Whatever you gotta give up, whatever you gotta, what do you have to surrender? Drugs, weed, cigarettes, alcohol. What you gotta surrender? Think about it, because we're getting ready to take communion. What do you got to surrender to him? It's about your assignment. Say it. It's about my assignment. Yeah, yeah. It's about it. So whatever I got to give up, whatever I got to surrender, whatever I have to do to fulfill my purpose and destiny, see, there's greatness. There's greatness on the inside of your belly. There's the, that, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So whatever it is, let's examine our hearts right now. Lord, send me. I'm a sent one. I'm a sent one. People are waiting to hear what you have to say to them. You know, the Islam, the Hindu, the Wiccan. And when they say to you, oh, we serve the same God, you're going to say, oh, no, we don't. Oh, no, we don't. You're going to educate them, and you're going to give them the good news of the gospel because we're one church, one church in unity, surrendering our lives through Jesus Christ. So as, if we could have the elements being passed out, we are going to partake in communion. We've been fasting we have been fasting. How many of you have been fasting during this season? All that, I, I don't, there's probably not that many. How many of you have been fasting this season? Yes. And so we need to take the bread as a community online. Go ahead, get your bread, get your cup of juice, and we're going to partake of communion. Jesus said in 1 Corinthians, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread. So I want you to just quiet your spirit and I want you to say, Jesus, forgive me of every sin, every wrong word, every wrong thought, every wrong action and every wrong attitude.
Forgive me, Jesus. So now take your bread and I want you to eat. Jesus blessed the bread and he broke it, telling the disciples, take, eat, this is my body that was broken for you. 39 stripes for you, for your healing. Yes, we thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And so now I want you to take the cup, take this cup, which represents the blood that was shed for our sins. Take and drink. You may drink. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Come on, worship him. Come on, lift it up. Jesus!